All right, listen up, spuds. This is Zap Brannigan, eh? master of time, space, and everything else in between. And, uh, oh, yeah, winner of this year's Modesty Award. Yeah. You're listening to You Suck. What's the difference with Al and Tom? You're one stop for this sort of thing. Yeah. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to What's the Difference podcast. I'm Alex Whiteley. And I am Tom Bruno. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. How's it going, buddy? Yep. Good? Good. Better now. Um, we were having a discussion, so let's pretend like we didn't have the discussion beforehand. Um, I had some motor issues earlier oh really really yeah yeah yeah. so weird um i don't are are you familiar with the way that people inspect cars i mean you're you're familiar with the way they inspect cars over there oh yeah well no you want to tell us a little bit about that okay so in the uk we have something called an mot um Mm -hmm. can't remember what it stands for it's probably something really simple uh off the top of my head um but yeah it's uh, uh but you go every year once a year uh and your car has to be mot'd uh and if it fails then you can't drive it. You can't even drive it back from the garage. I don't think. Like really? I think, or I think no. I think the rule is you've got. I think you can drive it home, but once it's there, you've you can't drive it again. You've got to get it fixed properly. So you can drive it to the garage, or you can leave it there and be like, "Right, fix it then." Yeah, and yeah. they'll be like, "Right, well, you, you need this and you need that and you need this and you need the other." Next thing you know, you're a grand out of pocket. Like I don't know, whatever. But yeah, uh, what are MOT. Now, what are the kind of things that can fail you for the MOT? Is it like they hook up to Simple your engine? Like a horn. A horn. Not working. Oh. That can that can fuck you up. It's all about safety stuff. So brakes, uh, tires, um, windscreen wipers, things like that. You know, uh, oil check engine lights, things like that can fuck you up. Um, oil, if your oil's like fucking draining out of the tank, then that's an issue yeah. too. Uh, things like that. Yeah. Okay, so we have a similar process, but generally speaking, it's for this the sound structure of the vehicle. Now, of course, things like the horn need to work. I mean, that I, I rarely run into a car where the horn doesn't work, but it's a good example because that is something that would fail it. Another I'm thing from is from New York don't need a horn. No, hey, that's what they hey, 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 you're walking. Why do you need a horn? Yeah. Fuck you. Eyes. Um, <laughs> but no, so sometimes you don't need a horn, but most of the times you do. Um, another thing is the structural sound of a vehicle. Now, if your car is rusting out underneath, which is not a problem for a lot of the states, like if you live below the Bible line, you don't have a lot of snow. So salt on the road is not Bible a, line. the Bible belt is what they call it. And that's like where, you know, wow. you start seeing some real. Yeah, 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 it's Bible. They love Jesus down there. So if you live below like, you know, like Texas, Florida, like Eric, Eric Fluger never has to worry about salt on the underneath of his car. In fact, up where I live, if you were to be like, this car's from Florida, that adds an extra two grand to your car because every car up here is, you know, deals with the same problems, which is if you want to get anywhere in the winter, they put like, you know, mass grit. quantities of salt and grit on the on the road. So you don't fucking and go into a ditch or hit a moose like me. That so um, the salt eats away the metal. I don't know if you're aware with co- what kind of uh, corrosion happens to metals when salt is involved. But if you've ever seen a ship that goes throughout the ocean, you can see how rusty they can get. Even a new ship can get rusted off. So generally Imagine speaking, if we the get Titanic the- just landed at the bottom of the ocean. It stayed looking brand new. Yeah, that'd be so dope. Fuck, wouldn't it? Oh, like? that'd be so cool. <laughs> like raise that fucker up. Let's, let's put a couple more people on it. No, no more life jackets. We don't need that ship. Like bring that boat up. It's worth a lot of money. Um. So I went to I went to go get my car inspected 
and I was cleaning it out and I noticed underneath um, where what's called the rocker panel underneath your door is like this thing of metal that's attached to the frame and underneath there is the rocker panel. Now, in a lot of states, if your rocker panel has rust going all the way through it, which means you can poke your fucking finger up through it, like your finger banging it, um, you're, that car's no good. Like that car is now shit and they will not inspect it for you. You will have to either get new rocker panels put on, which is a very costly sum of money or have somebody fix it for you. But we, we still owed like six grand on the car. Like this is, you know, it's, it's not, that's not cheap to have a car that you basically can't inspect. So that with the trip that's coming up in June, me and the wife decided that we were going to get a new car, which is what we did. We got a brand new three row uh, car. So now the kids can't, punch each other in the face any longer there's no more fighting and it's it's a 2017 it's got 40,000 miles on it so it'll last for a long time just a car yeah. or a truck it's it's like an suv it's a oh, sport okay. utility vehicle it, like essentially yeah 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 well i mean like i don't know we don't we don't use the word newer just it's it's nicer than everything you own alex okay well, it's costing me a small are, fortune cars in america are are like different to uh, because like my car has just hit uh just this week it's just hit a hundred thousand on the on this on the on the mileage right and i'm miles like or kilometers miles miles that's right we went over this oh sorry yeah yes, we did go over this miles. on wednesday yeah yeah we use yeah. miles over here we're, yeah. we're not france uh yeah so uh yeah a hundred thousand miles has just hit and i'm like oh fuck there you go that's a thousand pounds off the off the uh the value but in america you can uh, uh, you know there, there are cars that are still rocking you know there are you know mustangs rocking about from the 70s and still you know yeah hundred thousand miles on the clock is fuck all basically uh mm. You know, especially in you yeah, guys it, in Vermont, where you're like, I'm just going out to the shop, eh? I'll be gone for about four days, eh? And the, the, um, it, I mean, like, cars nowadays are a lot different than they used to be, anyways. It used to be once your car hit out 100,000 miles, um, your car was garbage. Like, that's why in Japan, you're they're like, um, one of the biggest things we can do over here is we ship over motors for fancy cars like Subarus and Toyotas and shit because they hit 40,000 miles, and that's our. 200,000 mile mark they they don't you know it's all in city driving and stuff um but nowadays with things like the timing chain being introduced instead of the timing belt because it used to be a belt a rubber belt that would snap and then all of a sudden your motor seized and it's no good and your timing's all thrown off your pistons go in different directions all that shit um but now with the timing chain it's a lot sturdier so you can get 200,000 miles out of a well-maintained car no problem mm. Yeah, which my car is not well maintained. So I've only got one more year year left on it, though, paying for it, and then I can get a nice one. This one was only meant to be. Uh, it was my first car in finance. Okay, so I didn't want to get anything mm. too flash because when you're a new driver like I was, I started driving like four years ago. Um, uh, insurance are kind of like, hey, bend over, Whiteley, while I examine your rectal uh, walls with walls. our <laughs> inspection yeah. scope. Did you pass so, your MOT? So this time I, I can I can definitely get something uh, a bit nicer, but I don't want to get a people carrier again an SUV. Don't want it. Don't want well, it. Even though uh, I've got the kids. Uh, well, you only have the one you have to travel with every day, so that makes more sense. Like having five people, and they're all getting a lot faster. Um, a lot of, they're growing a lot faster. We we give them hormones. Um, they are you know growing at an exponential rate. So nowadays we need it. And up here where I live, you need an all wheel drive. Like good luck driving a two wheel drive car. Oh, and speaking of driving, um, do you want to hear a kind of cute story where it's a good parenting story? Yeah. All right. So we tell our kids certain things, right? Like you you tell Timmy, you're like, hey, man, you can come to me with anything, right? Yeah. 
Okay. So I, I've told that to my kids forever. And last night, me and the wife put our money where our mouth was. So my daughter went to stay at a friend's house and we live on two different borders. We live on the um, New Hampshire border and we live on the Canadian border. These are the two borders that are going around Vermont. So she's going to her friend's house, but her friend um, lives in New Hampshire. And we're like, okay, so that's probably like, you know, to get to New Hampshire from here is a 45 minute drive. We're like, whatever, that's not a big deal. We drive farther to get down to, you know, Costco and stuff, um, which is the big warehouse store. So she tells us, this, we're like, okay. And I told her, I was like, hey, if you're uncomfortable, if anything, you call me and I'll come and get you, no problem. And she's like, okay. And she never has problems, like ever. Like I've never received a phone call where she wants me to come pick her up from my house because she's just, you know, she's really outgoing and stuff. She's not a scared kid or anything. So everything's going great. I talked to her throughout the day. She's all happy and good. We get to a night and I, it's 10 o'clock at night. I passed out and she's like, I want to come home. And I'm like, why? She's like, she's like, I just don't feel good. I feel like I'm going to get sick. And she really quietly, cause she didn't want to insult anyone. She's like, they're smoking in the house. I'm like, Oh, cause my daughter's got a really sensitive nose, dude. She doesn't even like when I vape too hard, dude, she gets like sick to her stomach. So if you're in a house and they're just plummeting down cigarette after cigarette that's really gonna you know she's not used to that like you and me you know we come from an older generation where people smoked around us right like it wasn't yeah. a thing yeah. yeah so smelling cigarettes to us isn't a big deal but to a kid that's never had to deal with that type of smell especially in the quantities that was being done you know and i'll hold this against the parents either that it's their house there it's their right to do what they want and you know it, it just happened to be that our daughter is a little picky you know in a sense so She's like, will you come and get me? And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. Um, I'm getting ready to go. I'm like, can you please have her mom send me the address? Once again, this is all me thinking that it's an hour away at the most. I get the address. It's two hours and 25 minutes away from where we were. Interstate travel, which is not back roads, man. I mean, so like that means if I was to drive the speed limit, it would be like a three-hour drive, if not more. Dude, it was almost in Boston is how far away it was. Now, first of all, if we would have known that was where it was, we, we, we assumed, right. We all know what assumption in assuming means. It makes an ass out of you and me. And last night it made an ass out of me, but am I going to be the parent that says, Oh, well, I said you can call me with any problem. And I'll come and get you. Or are we going to be the parents that do it? And we're the parents that did it. So last night at 10 o'clock at night, we took a two and a half hour drive out to go pick her up, picked her up. She reeked of cigarettes, dude. Like I can see why it was a really small house and they were just, power chain smoking cigarettes so i get why she had a hard time with it and then we drove back we didn't get back until like 3 30 at night but we set a precedent right and that's the important part now she knows that if she has any problem she knows that she can reach out to us and we'll take care of it and there was no oh why'd you want to come home and what we don't want to come and get you it was all yep no problem honey we're on our way yeah that's good though i think that's really good because like you know We've all gone to stay at someone's friends and felt a bit uncomfortable. I mean, that's happened to me before. It's when you're yeah. a kid, it's, everything's weird to you, isn't it? Like you said, this is a new situation where people are smoking in the house and stuff like that. It's not, it's not new. It's not, it's not good. Um, uh, but yeah, have you have you ever been inside and, and that it's been okay to smoke inside and then you get like a, a cloud of smoke and you're kind of like, what the fuck is that? Oh, you can smoke in here. No fucking way. And you spark. I've, I've done that and I've sparked. I've gone, hey, I'm smoking inside. Look at it. It's such a weird situation. Yeah. 
Well, my best friend growing up, my best friend growing up, um, his, you know, grandmother smoked, his mom smoked, they all smoke in the house. And like, I guess I never, I, I knew that when I left their house, I reeked of cigarettes, but I didn't really think about it until last night when they were in a similar sized house, the same amount of people smoking. And my daughter like just reeked when I picked her up. There was just like this plume of of smoke coming off her. And once again, I, I'm I'm not a hypocrite. Like you know, it didn't bother me. Now it bothered other people in the house, which I'm not going to name names. Wife, um, to a point where she was complaining. But I also had the conversation. I'm like, this is the conversation that you and me are having right now. Okay, it's fine that we're having this conversation. We're parents. She's asleep in the back, but we're not going to shame this kid for something that she can't control. Right? Like the daughter of the of these parents can't control what their parents do. It's not her house it might be your home but they don't pay the bills so the parents can do whatever the fuck they want and now we just know in the future to maybe ask a couple follow-up questions when we hear that she spend the night somewhere uh, would you mind filling out a form <laughs> before we, we let this your, happen? what was your latest mot scores can you drive your car is it okay <laughs> fucking and the, the they offer that don't get wrong and they also offer driver halfway so it had only been like an hour and 25 minutes but it was late at night and we didn't want to take the chance of them being overly tired and something bad happening. So we just bit the bull and we're like, fuck it. Let's do it. And that's what we did, man. That was our that was our night last night. And, and you know what? I have all the respect for the wife because she brought me. It was just going to be me. Then she just you know said, I'm coming along, too. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll drive halfway. She didn't want me to drive. She hates the way I drive for some reason. But regardless, she drove five hours last night. Didn't take a break. No nothing, dude. She just powered through and just we did it, man. We did that good parental shit. Good parents, man. Good parents. Uh, Thank you. I, we've, Thank similar you. with me. Like it's not like <clears throat> cows can't stand the way I drive. I drive safe, but I can't stand the <gasps> and the ah, the grabbing of the dashboard and stuff when I'm doing just normal things that people do when they drive. I'm like I can I, I can't be doomed if you the, the judgmental shit. Like I'm driving like everyone else does. I overtake a lorry and she's like. Ah, she grabbing on the stuff. <laughs> She's like, listen, Alex, my goat in the village does not go this fast. <laughs> well, our guest has just turned up. Uh, we've got a very oh, good shit. guest for you. Yes, we've got an amazing guest for you uh, th- uh, this week. Um, and I would like to introduce to you an actress from Colombia, uh, Jimena Rodriguez. How's it going, Jimena? You all right? Hello, guys. How are you? So good to be here with you. Thank oh you. yeah, I'll, I'll, let me switch the background because uh, I'm a bit OCD about stuff like that. There we go. Bam, bam, bam. No. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on the show. Uh, like, just got to explain. Uh, Jimena is my cousin-in-law. To we explain that? Yeah, that's uh, yeah. so. You're, you're my wife's cousin uh, from Colombia, and one of the best stories, one of the best welcomings to a country I've ever had is the first time I went to to Colombia, uh, because um, <laughs> we were tired. It was a it'd been a long flight, and we kind of stood sort of, you know, when you step out into a foreign country and you kind of. Yeah, oh, it's nice and warm, isn't it? Oh, yeah, look at that. Feel that breeze. Oh, it's lovely. And we're just putting our stuff into, we're just waiting to, you know, get our ride. And I hear this, ah, behind us. And Jimena comes running up. She bear hugs me, bear hugs Cass. She's like, oh, yeah, oh, my God, I've been so excited to see you guys. Yeah, it was so amazing. Yeah. I'm, it's so I'm never good to have you here because you're a part of our family and uh, we're here from Colombia. Even though the situation is a little bit hard right now, it's a bit of crushed right now, but you know that this is your house and you're always welcome here. You're oh. part of our family and just, we love you so much and we are so grateful that Kato found you. So cheers for yeah. you. 
I, no, I love you guys to bits. The, the family element in Colombia is one of the best things about, about Colombia. Um, and i got to tell you, Tom, it's also one of the most awkward fucking nights I've ever had in my life as well because I still had Carly tattooed on my arm, right? <gasps> I, had a, I had a cross with my ex's name on there. I've covered it up now. I mean, straight from the airport, we went to um, a house party where everybody welcomed us. Again, brilliant hospitality. Like, hey, guys, how's it going? Nice to meet you and all this sort of stuff. I had to go around the room and explain to every single person why I had another girl's name tattooed on my arm. Uh, it was so, yeah, I remember that. So, so funny. Um, it's one of those things that can never be understated. Like, um, I, I feel like in a similar way to the Colombians, um, the Italians have a much similar way of, of greeting. Like whenever we'd pull in for like, and we only, it was not nearly the travel that you and Kaz took to get down there, but like we drive from Vermont and we go down to New Jersey and it'd be like a similar reception. Like, oh my God, we're so glad to see you. Hugs and everything. And then the yelling would start about 20 seconds later. I'd be like, why didn't you call when you're on the interstate? And why'd you stop there? They don't have good prices on their food time. Thomas, and you're like, fuck, why am I here again? But that's I, I, I love that, especially about um, I mean, what's the what's the proper nomenclature? Is it, is it South Americans? Is it, is that the proper thing to say? Just Colombians? Yeah. Okay. So the hospitality is is known to be, you know, over the board amazing. Like I've never had someone come back from South America and be like, I didn't have a good time. It's always like, oh my God, the greatest time ever. And I'm like, yeah, I got to go. You have to go. You have to go there. Yeah. Everybody talks so well about um, South American people. Um, you know, they say that like we're the warmest, we're um, the loudest but also we're the most faithful friends and faithful with our family and with our country. And uh, we try to share our love and uh, our enthusiasmic for life, which is great. Is. I always remember the World Cup. The World Cup is one of the best examples you'll get of how passionate Colombians are. Not only do the cameramen just go out and find the most Beautiful women ever. They're like, oh, bam, straight to, oh, look at these beautiful Colombian ladies. <laughs> but the party starts at the before before it's kicked off, and it goes all the way through the match. Uh, there's drums. There's Aguardiente flowing through. They're jumping. They're singing. In fact, the whole, uh, wherever, wherever you're watching. I mean, we went to watch um, Colombia versus Australia in London uh, with, with my wife and her brother. <laughs> it was amazing. And it was just uh, so unbelievable. The, the atmosphere was just electric. Yeah. So, um, make sure you yeah, it's electric football here is such a passionate and, uh, unanimous for the country. And, uh, when we get, when we got the opportunity to go again to the world cup in uh, 2016, it just was in 2014. I'm sorry. It was just fantastic. It was uh, something we were waiting for 16 years since we went to the World Cup. So we were like on the top and we we just, we, we don't know what's going to happen right now because our team is not doing well. We have a new uh, trainer. We don't like him. He's from Portugal, but we will have to <laughs> That's that's a thing too, especially when it comes to teams that haven't like won something in a very long time, like the Boston Red Sox, um, the the Chicago Cubs. These were teams that had not won anything in a very long time. So, but I almost feel like that builds a better fan base when you don't win something for a very long time, because then like there's no expectations. So then when something like the World Cup comes into play, we're like, oh my god, our team's in the World Cup, and along those lines, like it's even more electric than it would have been if you guys were like, say, the New England Patriots, who win like every year, right? Exactly. It's like, I don't know, well, I, 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 I think you should know this video, but I, I don't know, I think it's Manchester City that Man City, uh, yeah. 
who hadn't won like for 48 years. And there's this huge video on the on the on the internet where it shows uh, this guy who has been seeing his team for 30 years, 40 years, and he still goes there without his fate. And then you see the numbers coming down, 49, 48, 47, 46. Oh, my God. It's just so passionate. It makes you cry. It's beautiful. Now, now you're not only here because, you know, you happen to be a member of, of Alex's extended family, which, you know, we, we, we'd bring on family anyways. We don't care who you are. We'll just talk to you. But you also happen to have a very interesting career. Would you like to uh, tell us a little bit about that? Well, of course, um, I am Jimena, I am from Colombia, and I am an actress. I've been acting since I was eight years old, and I studied performing arts and musical theater, and then I went to live to your beautiful town, and I was in the Shrewsbury College of Art and Technology. I went and did performing arts, dance, ballet, acting, and then I went to Madrid and did my performing career in Madrid uh, for four years. And then I did a um, master's in acting for film. Mm. I arrived to Colombia about 16 years ago or maybe wow. less. And I've been struggling and I've been working and I've been um, fighting for this career, which I love which I don't imagine myself doing anything else, even though I do. But um, my heart and uh, my soul is 100% in performing. I just feel super comfortable. I feel empowered. And I just feel like myself when I act and um, try to give to others this magnificent experience of acting and enrolling yourself in somebody else and making somebody else believe that you are that person is just, um, it's just fantastic. And through the years I've done TV, I've done um, short films, films, TV uh, series, web series, theater, and I was lucky enough to um, win an award, an international award for Best Leading Actress, and then I went to Cannes in 2017, which was, uh, I still can't believe it happened, and um, I'm so lucky, but I'm also um, afraid right now because um, because of the pandemic, uh, the situation for us, the artists, has been pouring down even more that it's already... Every day you say they say to you, "No, you're so ugly. You're you're fat. Uh, you're not tall enough. Uh, you're not." What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like these are all drive to you, Alex. I know it's what so mean. So mean. These are things that, like last year, something happened to me that never happened to me before. Is that I was rejected in an audition, in a super international audition for a movie because of my height. Like too short, too tall. What was, was the problem? Short. I was too short. Short well, people are excellent. I don't know. I'm I'm not a very tall guy. Neither is my wife. Like we're you know we're not like abundantly tall people. I've never once heard anyone say you're too short for your career. Like hey hey fuck you. I'm tall yeah. enough. Thank you. <laughs> I was too short. It was like, are you over five five? I think, and I'm five two, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not. Okay, no, next. Oh, that's no, it's just um. Hey, that... give the pocket rocket a fucking role in the movie, Jesus Christ! <laughs> that... Yeah, this is what uh... I'm saying. But 
but we, I, I keep rolling. I keep in, uh, investigating in the in the web to see if there are international games, films, or things. Because other um, one thing that I have uh, an advantage is that uh, I don't I speak English, and not uh, uh, not every actress in Colombia speaks English or good English. Uh, what I mean is that. Sometimes when we audition, we have to talk like Latinos because they want people to think that we are Latinos and we don't speak very good English. Well, we do speak very good English, but sometimes you have to, like, bring un poquito aquí de calentura para que sientan que eres un poquito, un poquito colombiano. But, you know, it's just, um, but it's been hard. We've covered um, that before, haven't we, with Jonathan Joss? Yes, yes. Yes, and, we spoke uh, to and very famously, Sofia Vergara, who speaks very good English, in fact, um, for the show Modern Family, they you know, were like, hey, we want you to speak broken English. Um, and, and by the way, your English is extremely good. Um, like, I, I, I heard Thank the... Your, Kaz, yes. <laughs> You're very welcome, Alex. It's very good. You're so good at talking English. Um, I mean, not so much. Um, when I heard uh, the voicemail, because I believe Kaz was trying to get a hold of you prior to the interview, um, I heard your voicemail, and it was it's complete Spanish. And I was like, uh-oh. What if I can't understand? Because I have a hard time understanding me. Like if I listen back to my old stuff, I'm like, what? What'd you say? That's crazy talk. And if my if you ask my wife, she'd be like, he doesn't listen anyways. So like I was a little concerned. Then I'm, like obviously your English is extremely well. Now, does it drive you crazy hearing something along the lines of like, oh, you're too short for this role when you yourself are a classically trained actress? You know, all the all the steps that you took to become the actress you are today are all the, like the real steps. A lot of people just luck into a role. You actually put in the footwork. For said exactly. um, work. Well, it's it's funny because uh, in 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 terms of the height, sometimes it's just not personal because if the if the film has his leading man and his leading man is super tall and he's already cast in the movie, well, they're gonna try to find some someone that through the camera shoot it doesn't get uneven. So this is why some things happen. Uh, but for example, here in Colombia, which was a, a bit hard for me when I arrived, it was like um, some people think that because I have an, an, an education in performing arts is that I am wealthy, so I don't need the job. So it doesn't matter how much training I have. Um, I'm not I'm not good enough because um, I'm wealthy and maybe other people need it. So you see in the TV or in the films such poor actors and um, yeah. people who are looking for something like different, like people are looking for fame or to be in, uh, in front of the, of the cover of a magazine. I would rather like be in all the top movies and work with the best directors and be an amazing performer before all the fame and all other things, which I believe that uh, one of the main things about actors is their, their privacy. And once they get out in the world, this privacy gets a little bit... Um, less private. Yeah, <laughs> less private. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. So... Here in Colombia, it's been for me a struggle um, working, even though um, there's a there's a project worldwide it's in the UK also called the 48-Hour Film Project. And it's a project that's been going on for eight years. Uh, it started with TNT and then AXN. It's a project where at uh, time zero, you get uh, your um, characters, 
you get an object and you also get the gender of the short film. If it's drama, if it's um, a thriller, if it's um, horror, whatever. And you have this 48 hours to write your short film, film it, edit it, then correct the color, put the music and you have to uh, take it before the 48 hours finish. Uh, in Colombia, there were 92 short films for Bogota. In this 92 short films, we won best film, best director, best story, and I won best actress here in Colombia, which gave us yeah, which gave us the, the 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 position to be in the 48 hours worldwide 2017, which uh, combines. 142 cities worldwide, Paris, London, New York, Washington, LA, Australia, Brazil, Colombia. And in all these 142 uh, short films, they choose the 10 best short films to go and be projected at the short film festival in Cannes. And uh, in that opportunity, in the 142 um Short films, I won the best leading actress in the whole wide world. Which Amazing. I, I am um, I'm just um, super um, humbled to receive this award and to be recognized, sadly, out of my country, that it made me realize that I am in a good path, that this is where I belong, and that... This is my destiny. You're fantastic. Destiny. You are brilliant at what you do. You are really are because I mean you've sent me a package of uh, of some of the videos um, yeah. uh, and stuff that I've been I've been watching. Um and I mean we've we've been sat um to, together all as a family watching your soap that you're on that was that was odd but it was fantastic at the same time but it's kind of like you're there and you're there you're you you're, you're, you're there you know. <laughs> it's such an odd thing but it's fantastic at the same time. Um I did something similar to that, the 48 hour sort of film uh, thing. Yeah. I was I about did. to say, I, I was, I, I, I thought <laughs> for a second. And so we bad. did not receive best director or best actor uh, or best. We received an email saying they didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we totally did. <laughs> we totally did. Um, but you would assume with those type of accolades that you should be, as well, because you earn those accolades, you would assume that you would be offered roles left and right. Be like, well, she won best actress in, in this competition. Like, I, it's thought, proven. I, I thought my life was going to change. Through that award and through being in camps, it seems here in Colombia that it's not good enough or it's not important enough. This is why so many people keep telling me you have to go out of Colombia, you have to move to the UK or to or to the United States or to Mexico and to Madrid, which I want, but I don't have the money. Yeah, who does? Like, I mean, there's been. I, I want to just take a trip with the wife to go see Alex. Like, it, we've had this very unique relationship where me and Alex met on the internet. Like, I meet all the men, and <laughs> um, yeah, I know, right? It's my good joke. Um, and I wanted to come and meet him and Kaz. Like, I wanted to be like hug him, like, oh my god, this is what it's like to hug you and stuff, because he looks like a cuddly bear. And I haven't got the opportunity to do so because it costs like, you know, an arm and a leg. So that's just traveling just to go on a vacation for just two people, let alone trying to move your entire life 
to a whole new place and start up fresh. So I imagine like the, you know, the, the financial only, burden. And I don't want to move because to move, it's really, <laughs> it's not, it's not just to move because uh, you, you, you will get there, you will find your plane ticket and you will have your money for two months and then you will get your job or whatever. But it's yes. also to get your visa. Yes. Like for example, in in the states, in the in the United States, like a visa and and an, an artist visa cost seven thousand dollars. And without the visa, you can't work. Like it's it's impossible. You can audition, but then they will say you don't have the papers. Goodbye. So you have to get your your papers to go there. Yeah. And yeah. like if you want to go to Mexico, in Mexico it costs two thousand dollars. In the UK, it costs, well, it's really um, high up. And comparing that, our, our current Col Colombian coin, it's so low down. Uh, the, the change between uh, pounds and Colombian pesos is just like, what? A packet of cigarettes, 170,000 pe Colombian pesos? What? <laughs> like, um, I don't know, one pound is cinco mil pesos. Um, I don't know. Um, so I think I think I worked it out when I went there, which was 2017. I want to say something like that. Uh, I think it worked out to 70p or 70 cents for a packet of cigarettes. I think so. Oh, imagine! And 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 now they are they are like really high up. Like right now, un paquete vale Like why right now a packet of cigarettes gonna it's costing like one pound ten p. That's cheap. That's it's cheap. Really fuck. cheap. Holy but, shit! Like, this is what I mean. Like if I, I, but I smoke. I know it's not good, but it's true. Uh, if, I go to, if I go to the UK, like when I lived there, I used to put my bag full of packets of cigarettes because it just is so expensive. It's really expensive. <laughs> like we're pretty sure that Miss Rodriguez is a cigarette smuggler, and we need to keep an eye on her because look at her bags; they're stuffed with the things. Yes. <laughs> um, when, when when I traveled down south, um, I used to do a similar thing because up north they're very very expensive. Like, say, I mean, back in the day when I was smoking, they were like it was like six bucks a pack of smokes, which is you know not too expensive, but at the time very expensive. Okay. So going down south where cigarettes were two dollars a pack, I would load up my suitcase with like six cartons and be like, I'm cigarette rich, I'm so wealthy, you know, along those lines. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about Colombian TV and movies because it's it's interesting to understand sort of like the differences. Um, or let's do you know sort of your culture. What are things that other things that you've seen uh, in like I don't know auditions things like that that just make you roll, your eyes roll. Things that people do, I don't know, because we see it's like a, it's a parody. There's so many parodies and different versions of of this where people are like all in the room, going, oh, 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 like before they go in and stuff like that. What's it like going for an, an audition? Well, um, right now it's everything's changed. Like right now, the all the auditions are um, videotape. Like for example, here I have my light. Yes. Like Very if important. I don't have the light. Like if if I if I turned the light off, too dark. Too dark. So I have uh, my lights and my mics, so I can audition here in my house, which is um, it's a little bit easier because you are not under the pressure. 
but um, but sometimes it's a mistake because you have no guidelines so of what the director is looking, so it's a little bit complicated. When we go to auditions uh, here, um, presence auditions, um, they send us before the, uh, the the lines, the text, the the character. They ask us here, which is different from Spain or the UK or the United States, is that. Um, they ask here for uh, wardrobe and makeup uh, options. Like the actor has to give them options. In Europe or in the States, you have to dress in black and have to be have to have the less makeup you can have. So you can audition like plain, and maybe mm -hmm. if they don't like you for that character. Maybe they can look for another character. But because here you have you're so in character with your clothes and your makeup and you so you just have this opportunity. Um, mm. I myself do yoga and cardio before the audition. I meditate before the audition because I get really nervous, especially my legs. My legs go like this, so I, I I train, I train, I train, so I kick off all the nerves. And then I go, try to do my best. And sometimes it happens that um, you don't agree, agree with the casting director because you saw the character this way and maybe it's that way. But as an actor, we have to... Um, do, do what you're told. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one, ha one day I was doing an audition for this character for a soap opera and it was uh, 1950s. And this character was the like the woman who is always really quiet and listen to the gossips of everybody and then go and say the gossip. So I was like really quiet. And this casting director made me almost like kiss another actor. He made me grab his ass. He made me do some things that were not really for the character. It was not really for the time. It was really hard for me after I did everything he asked me. And then I called my agent and I said, look, we're not getting this part. Why? Look, because we were doing something that was out of the, of, of the reality of the character. And I myself needed to do what he told me to do. But we're not getting there. Mm. So it's hard. For me here in TV, um, what I get most is I pass more for movies or theater that in TV. In mm. TV, I'm like, uh, no, no, you're too ugly. No, you're too bad. No, next, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like. That pissed me off. That, 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 that kind of thing really annoys me. I mean, I can, I can understand if you're not a particular demographic, you know, certain height, weight, gender, whatever. I don't know. You can't, you, you can't go for, uh, for Lex Luthor if you're female with blonde hair and big old titties. Like, you can't do that. It's not going to happen, right? But, like, uh, when you yeah, picking like that, it's just heartbreaking to hear. That must but be it, horrible. It it's is nice, though. I, I, I've cried. I've, um, I've, uh, I've, I've looked myself in, in the mirror trying to see if there was something wrong with, with me or, like, with my... my, my my, my, my face, my figure, my hair. And then um, something really beautiful happened is that my, one of my best friends and the and who I met in Spain when I studied performing arts is Marco de la O, who is El Chapo in the El Chapo Netflix TV series. Oh, yeah. And he said to me, uh, like, um, before the pandemic, he said to me, Jime, you have to stop worrying 
about what here they told you, you're not bad, you're beautiful, your opportunity will get here, just keep on going. I know you're really good, so just um, hold on to the faith and hold on to your own conviction that, um, as I said before, this is what I want and this is what I think I am here for, is to entertain and to be in the skin of so many others and tell so many other stories that maybe can touch people's hearts. Yeah. And also I want to be a killer. Yeah, fuck yes. I know, right? I mean, that's like the greatest thing about acting, right? Is you get to be people that aren't you. So you're like, hey, today I'm a serial killer. Tomorrow I'll be in a soap opera. Either way. Yeah. And I'm all, it's very nice to hear that, you know, casting directors think the same thing about my mom. Because I've heard definitely some of those things. She'd be like, yeah, you're too fat. You're a little too short for me to love today. I'll be like, sorry, mom. I don't know what to tell you. I'm just the way like, Jesus um, made me. You know, this, this, this beautiful, um, I forgot her name. Um, the actress who just won uh, the Oscar, her third Oscar, uh, Frances uh, McDonald. Uh, ma- ma- Frances. Yeah. Uh, For, um, no, she, said, she said. Oh, okay. Yeah. They yeah. told me. They told me I was too, too short, too fat, too ugly, not good enough. And then I said to myself, one day they're gonna look. They're gonna be looking for all of the things that I don't have, and they're gonna find me. Yeah. A triple Oscar winner. Which, by the way, you are clearly none of those things. So the fact that they, you know, it, it just happens to, and I'm not going to defend these people. Like, they should never be that critical of anyone, period, because that's not a way to go about good business practice. It's it's not a good way. Like, you, like the way that um, Alex is explaining earlier, it'd be far more beneficial to everyone involved in the production if you're to be like, oh, well, we're actually looking for this. And not to put such blatant uh, labels on what they feel might be your, your you know, whatever's wrong with, with or whatever they don't see that that you have. Um, so if they were to take on better practice and actually, you know, give you like, it, do they give you an outline of like, this is the type of thing we're looking for. This is the type of person. So really every single time you go for an audition, it's a crapshoot. You don't know what they're looking for at all. No, it's like, um, there was, uh, this, um, uh, there's, there's this great TV series, uh, in Netflix called Sky Rojo. And they audition here in Colombia for the character of the um, of the Latina, and oh my God, they audition like everybody. They didn't have they didn't have a clue what they were looking for, and we like tall, short, black, white, curly hair, blonde hair. Uh, and at the end of the day, they they cho- chose a very good actress. She's from uh, Puerto Rico. Oh. And she's black and she, she has nothing to do like with my type, but we all audition because sometimes even the production don't really know what they're looking for and, and until they have it. Um, in here in Colombia, sometimes what has happened is that um, they're looking for how many followers you have on Instagram, oh. um, how many interactions you make with people like myself. I don't like if I, if I, have like a sexy photograph is because maybe I have a, I'm in the beach or I'm in the in the pool, but I'm not I'm not going to get naked to get like a hundred thousand followers so I mm. could have an opportunity. I think that my my talent feel, work it's 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 it, it should be plenty enough. I feel like that's a, a really dirty sort of shortcut for a lot of 
young, beautiful women is, uh, especially with music and, and, and TV movies, is, is you know, flaunting that sexuality, which is great. If you've got it, I'm, I'm all for doing no, that. But that shouldn't be the only thing about you, you know. There shouldn't be, um, you should be a good actress, you know. Uh, um, and what's her name? Um, Harley Quinn. What's her name? Uh, what's the actress's name? Uh, which one? The, the one who played Harley Quinn. What's her name? Uh, fucking Tom. Where are you? Come back. Uh, you know there, there are actresses out there that are they are good looking, but they're fantastic. Uh, sorry, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. There you go. Beautiful well, you woman. Know, you but... know what? Can you give me 10, 25 seconds? I'm gonna get a beer. Yeah, yes, go, for go, it. Get a beer. go do that. Yeah, I, I just uh, really did this similar thing but i was getting an e-cig cord because mine died and i and i can't live life without my e-cig he said cork did you say or cord cord i need i need to plug in my e-cig sorry about that and the entire time you're like who's that actress i'm like i know the answer i know the answer <laughs> yeah cheers i've got the guinness you got the beer uh tom's got vape I don't, I don't drink, so I mean, like, that's what? not my bag. No, oh no, my I'm God. very good for you. I wish I was more like you. Um, I um, like, especially where I live, cannabis is the thing um, that I've kind of like. I drank a lot when I was a kid. When I was like, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, you know, I drank a, a metric fuckload. And at some point or another, I don't know wh- whether it was just having kids or whatever it is, but I just end up drinking. The wife doesn't really drink. She, like, she probably drinks more than I do. And that's like, you know, whenever friends might come over or something. So that's, you know, very few and far in between. So it's not really in my parlance. I, l- I like to relax and sit back. And I-, I don't like things that I can't control, which seems really weird because we've had discussions about other things I might imbibe in. But like I can I have a sense of control. When I start drinking, I have no control over myself i'll say things i'll do stupid stuff and i'll go to bed like that's the my least favorite thing is like i get drunk and i get so tired i'm like oh just send me to bed and i, I become like who a wants party to pooper. see an elephant no <laughs> no <laughs> so I was pulling yeah. his pockets out of his trousers no oh, we've been in lockdown here like forever this is my my first beer like in three weeks which is it has to be good no yeah. i'll yeah. celebrate with you guys and and Absolutely. I don't and I don't hold anything against anyone that does enjoy drinking because I feel like life is hard as it is and we should have ways to have a good escape. We all have advice, don't we? You know, and I was I wasn't gonna have any beer uh, or anything for this show, and it's kind of like ah, I have nothing to partake in during this podcast. We got another podcast after this. I wanted to have a few beers, so I went and got some. Um, when we talk about your your career, um, there are there will be. Um, aspiring actors or actresses um that are listening to this um i am one of them i'm started i've sort of taken my step into voice acting i think you did uh with um how do you say in english Dola? what's that how do you say in english Dola? what you did uh, with the pirate how do you say it in english oh um, uh, the pirates uh for audio drama yes okay yeah yeah i did that um and i i was like before I'd even read the script, I was like, I've got a, I've got a role in an audio drama. Look what I'm doing. I went to look at the script, and it's about eight lines. <laughs> hey, that's eight no, more. No, 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 no. I'm not that's knocking eight it. more I'm lines than it. I got. Yeah, yeah, no, don't no, knock no. it. Yeah, I'm yeah. not knocking it. It's a start, right? And I, 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 the lady upstairs is hearing me going, oh, my days. Oh, my days. 
all my days. I'm reading this line over and over again. She must be thinking I'm up to something really rude down here. But um, what I wanted to ask you was, is how long do you persevere? Because Samuel L. Jackson wasn't famous till he was 42 or something like that, you know? Imagine well, being the guy that passed up Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Well, you know, you know this, is, this, is, this is an issue. How much longer are you going to wait? I remember when I arrived from Spain, I said to myself, like, if I'm 28 and nothing's happened, I'm going to change career. I'm going to change life. And then I got, that was 28, and I was like, mm. <laughs> my parents were like, you need to do something else. You need to go to, to the university again. So I did. I, am, uh, and I study advertising. I oh. finished my career in three years. I was very good at it. I had a... Um, the career is, uh, the highest point of the career is five. In my total, I got four, eight. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Wow, mazel tov. Yeah, thank you, it was, which was great. But when I finished my, my degree, my parents were like, you're going to work? And I was like, no, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep fighting. I'm gonna keep doing it right now. It's past 10 years since that. Mm. And, um, I'm a little bit scared because I don't know what holds for me here, what's going to happen. And um, if it's for me, I'll wait until the day I die. Because as I said, this is what I am. This is, this is who I am. But Mm. right now, right now in this moment, I'm working for Apple. Yes, I'm a, I'm a executive uh, communication executive for Apple. I wrote write the daily reports. I'm I'm doing home office right now, um, but it doesn't mean that I'm I'm, I'm finished with it. No. It's like one one of my friends said to me, "We are in line for our opportunity right now. I'm standing in the line working in another thing, but I'm still in the line." Because my turn will happen. And I know, I don't know, I know it in my heart that um, it could happen. And, and, and when it does, I think I am ready and I, um, I want to live my country up high. And I want to live my name up high. And I want to show the world that here we have such great performance. Um, this is what I want. Well, okay, so... There's a role for everybody, I believe, you know, um, doesn't matter what age you are or what you look like, you know, whether you're, you're, you're the big geek, Ethan Suplee played many of those roles in many movies, um, whether you're, you're the, the, uh, the Latino or the uh, Jonathan Joss, if you're the, uh, the, uh, Native American or the, uh, well, how do you call it again, Tom? Not Native um, American, first American, um, first um, American Indian, American Indian. Yeah. So yeah. whether you, whatever role you, you are, there's always something for you. I mean, David Harbour from Stranger Things is a perfect example of someone who made it later on in life. Because if you look at David Harbour pre uh, Stranger Things, his IMDb's dog shit, right? It's, it's not. It's not. It's great. It's fantastic for him. He's had a great career. But when you hit Stranger Things, he starts getting amazing roles in amazing films. Hellboy, uh, you know, all of these amazing was, like extraction was he was that? in as well. What? what was that crazy film that he did um, about his fake father and the play that they were doing? What was that thing called? Me and Shona watched that. My wife, that's her name. Um, we, we watched it and it was so phenomenal. What was that called? 
shit. It, it was all about like David Harbor being like it was like a, a f- mockumentary about his um, pretend father who was an actor, and he was like was this- it Manhattan, no. No, 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 no. It was something on Netflix. It was crazy. Like, we stumbled upon it, like, late at night one night, and I was like, babe, we gotta watch this. This is fucking crazy. And it and it was. It was so weirdly beautiful that it was it was, it was was unlike anything I'd ever seen prior to it. It was phenomenal. I'll, I'll get the name of it, and I'll post it later on. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah please do. I, I feel yeah. I feel like that's an old hat type of thing, though, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of dis- disappointed that it's still a thing where it's, like, a certain age, and then you're kind of cut off from the actor's, you know, club and all that stuff because if you look at like um who's the lady that plays the queen all the time alex what's her name um she, no that's helen another mirren? one she, helen mirren thank you very much helen mirren. if you look at helen mirren you know she's she's like a thousand years old and she acts like every other day so i feel like the age discrepancies <laughs> that happen you can't, yes. you can't do that. Like I've got a hell of a mirror. You can't say shit like that about Helen Mirren. British, remember, that's against the law, actually, here. To, is it? To, is it? She's a, she's yeah. a queen she's in her own brilliant. right. She's brilliant. But I, I, I mean what you're saying. Like, there's no age. Like, for exactly. example, one of the things that's happened to me here in Colombia, it's it's exactly what you're talking about. It's like my agent called me, and she said, she's been telling me for 10 years, oh, Jimena is like, you have no age range. And I'm like, what? It's like, you're... You're not a girl, but you're not a woman. And I'm like, what? And she's been telling me for 10 years that I'm not a girl, but I'm not a woman. But so, so what I what am I? What am I? Because I know that I look much younger than what I what what my really age is. But this is because I don't have any kids. This is because I have a fantastic life. This is because I eat well, because I do my yoga. But uh, like when I get to a role of a mother, they look at me and they're like, no, you're not a mother. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not, but I'm, I'm, I'm 38. And I could have like four kids. Yeah, yeah. but you don't know yeah. I could have six kids. Fuck you. You don't know who I am. How do you know? I mean, no, I just like really good like, about. You're so young, but you're not young, but whatever. So my agent keeps repeating to myself, like, Jimena, when you get like a little bit older, when you like settle down maybe more opportunity will come and uh i don't know so it's crazy it's like um two years ago i did an audition for um i don't know if you have seen this uh, cinemax series called the warrior yes it's- i know what the wire is hey okay. i know what the wire is audition for the role of rosalinda vega okay and it, was, it was really um it was a like Something that was very emotional, but also like heartbreaking because of. Did you say the warrior or wire? No, the, the wire. Warrior. Oh, warrior. okay. So no, no. I I said the wire. The warrior. I'm. That's the all. Warrior. It's a, it's a, it's it's about Bruce Lee's um, paper. Yeah. And it's about the uh, fights in uh, San Francisco, Chinatown, 1935. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's a great movie. It's art, uh, Artes Marciales. And um, they called me from, from, the, from the States. Well, they called my agent and they asked for me uh, uh, by name and surname. We want Jimena Rodriguez. And I was like, what? There were only two girls, me and the, and the other girl. And I was like, 
really, I hate martial arts. It's not gonna, it's, it's so funny that I'm gonna get my first big role in something that I blah, blah, blah. And I did the audition and it was like three heavy weeks. But um, at the end of the day, obviously I didn't got it, but it was a great experience. And the agent in New York, like she said to my, my manager, don't worry, tell Jimena, she's really good and I'll have her here. And when I get a, a character for her, who's gonna make her like nail it, I will look for her because she's really good. So I'm still waiting and I'm still hoping. And I, uh, I feel like I felt there's something for you though, Jimena, because like you have the you have the passion. You have the you have the passion, the energy that comes from you. Whenever I'm around you, whenever I speak to you, it's just it's so infectious. You know, you'd be a fool to turn you down for any roles. I mean, you've you've done you in the Belko experiment as well with uh, Michael Rooker and um, I did the Belko experiment, which was a great experience and uh, one of the greatest experiences about that movie was my first international movie was the opportunity to work with such director as Greg McLean. He's an Australian, he's fantastic. But also what really touched me more is that how such a good person he was. He entered the set and he said hello to everybody. He was um, helpful with everybody. And to get to know an international director who has a heart and who has a people's person skill meant um, a lot for uh, for all of us who were there in this huge set, huge international movie, huge actors, and we were like a little bit scary. He gave us like this, don't worry, it's okay, we're on the same sack. So it was just a, a good experience. The, 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 the exact opposite of uh, Joss Whedon then. I imagine Joss Whedon walks onto the set, boots the door open, and like, what's up, fucksticks? Let's make a movie. You, your face offends me. Get off my fucking set right now. Where's my coffee? Ah, oh, this is 40 degrees. Fuck off. Like, I could just imagine him just being an absolute nightmare to work with. Is there anything that you would not accept on a set, even if you got the big role? Uh, yes. Um, people being bad because we are actors we should kiss each other with tongue and no as i am an actor who is trained you only have a tongue if the direct asks for it and the shoot is going to show your mouth and like it's not that you are going to kiss everybody i haven't kissed nobody and i have had bad scenes so it doesn't matter one time it happened to me that one actor he tried to kiss me uh, <laughs> and I was with my mouth like this. And then the, 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 the scene ended and he said to me, oh my God, you poor girl, is this your first time in TV? And I looked at him and I said, oh, yes, it is. Could I have some advice? And he says, yes, we should kiss, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, come on, dude. Respect yourself. Respect yourself. So, and so, like these kind of things, which are like um, maybe a little bit scary because some people are like uh, they don't have a delicacy. Because when we do scenes that are in bed uh, or sexual scenes, there's nothing sexual. We're looking at the lights. We're looking at the camera. We're looking at the mic. It, it, it's not like you get hot in the middle of the scene. No, you're trying to 
get your light good, to move a little bit slower. So it's more technical than sexually. So yeah, what I will not ever tolerate in a set or in my life is a, a guy or a girl who wants to pass sexually um, through me to gain something. So you're saying when Alex insisted upon us tongue kissing the first time we met, I should have told him no. Yes, you should have. Okay, I didn't. I didn't. I, I, totally I didn't have did. to. I didn't have to beg you to do anything. You wanted to. You did it. You did. You didn't. You didn't. At all. I, I, I you you didn't even like... mention it. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, you want a tongue kiss, don't you, Alex? And he's like, I don't know, maybe. And I was like, all right, let's do this. It wasn't even a camera. We're such fools. I don't understand. <laughs> how how important is uh, is improv uh, to you uh, as a as a, as a tool? Is- it's, it's, I think it's one of the most important tools because um, through impro, what you do is that you use your imagination and you have a quick response to what's going on. So um, to get yourself in the position to imagine and to create a, a situation really fast has to become part of your training. Sometimes when you audition, you do your scene and then the director say, okay, we're going to do an improvisation. We're going to do this and we're going to do that. And we're gonna do so it's like you have to be ready. And impro is a really big part of being ready. How ready are you? Like I read, I do my exercise, but I also do my training, my acting training to be ready. So when you have the opportunity and, uh, if, if, I don't know if there you have it, but there's called there's a, a really cool thing called match impros. I don't know if you have it there. Match impros. Two two groups of impro in a theater. Mm-hmm. You go there uh, and you watch them, and then you you when you enter to the theater, you write in a piece of paper situations, and then they put it all in a little bit of and in, in, in a package. And then the two groups are in the in the in the theater, and one of them gets uh, one of the things and reads. Yeah. And then there's a matching for who wins between the, between the two groups, and the audience are the one who who vote, which is great. Ah. It's a really good uh, way to to keep you trained. This is why the difference between an actor who has studied all her life. And with someone who hasn't really done anything, just like acts for because they're beautiful, because they're lucky, but they don't have this tool, which is really important. I saw, I saw, I saw a story uh, yesterday about Method Man. Saw uh, a role in MCU's. Yes. I want, I want it, and everybody was kind of like, "Well, can you act? Like, can, can you just get a role by going, I'm Method Man.'" Give me the fucking role. Like, that that must really piss you guys off that I've really worked hard, you know, all your life to become an actor. And somebody's just like, yeah, I want to I wanna do the thing. Yeah, well, okay. it's funny. I have a friend of mine who he's uh, really good looking and he didn't want anything to do with acting. But then one day he was in the mall and then one lady got into him and said, oh, like, you're so pretty. Do you want to be in TV? And he said, okay. And now he's a super huge star. So it's just like so relevant. Um, My mom says it has to do a little bit with luck. Well, I need the luck right now, you know? How does it it work for you you guys with uh, auditions and friendship and stuff? Because it must be quite difficult uh, to, to... 
I imagine some people get a little bit spiteful with things, a bit competitive. Uh, you know, that's not a very good um, sort of a relationship building tool. So how has it been over the years keeping friendships down? It's um, when I arrived about yeah, many years ago, I was the one who was saying, I don't think that I'm competition to anybody. And I don't think anybody's competition to me because nobody acts the same. So I used to tell my friends, look, there's an audition, there's an audition. And then I didn't hear anything back. I was like, what? 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 What's going on? So I'm, I'm just like this huge opportunity to the people, but nobody gives me opportunity. Then I realized that, um, yeah, people think that you're competition between them. So then uh, the time passes and then you really meet your colleagues and your acting friends who will never be your competition. And uh, like right now that we have to do auditions that are in-house, I call my friends, my my girlfriends who are actors, and I say, I have an audition. Can you come to my house? And they're like, yes. When they help me, they help me with the light, they help me with the direction, with the, with the wardrobe, with everything. So I am really, really lucky that through this path, I've found myself with uh, great friends, great people, and... Uh, Friends and who wants the best for me. They always yeah. say to me, like, Hime, you're super talented. We want the best for you. And that is not everybody says that. So I'm just, I'm lucky. No, and in a lot of instances, it's really like a crab pot, which would be the, the in my reference to that being like in a crab pot, every single crab's trying to get to the surface and trying to get out so they don't care who they crawl on or get on top of or who they fuck over to get ahead. Um, you really want to find a group of friends, you know, that help support you. They're like, well, I didn't get that, but I know the perfect girl for that. Or, hey, I will run lines with you because I feel like you will benefit this production. I feel like this or that. So it's important to have that group of, of support people with you as well. So then when it comes to their time, you can be the same person back to them because, you know, it, it's one hand wash the other, which is very, very important. We heard a, a similar thing when it came to voice acting. We've, we've had the uh, great opportunity to speak to a couple amazing voice actors. And they're even, and not to say that you guys aren't close knit, but they're even more close knit because in their circles, there's few, uh, fewer number of actual like big named um, voice actors. And so, like, you really got to be careful what you say and how you manage yourself around these people because, you know, if you if you piss off one person one day, you're not going to get a role for the next like twenty years because you're like, no, 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 I remember that time it took my bagel asshole, I had my cream cheese on it. I believe that all of the work in, in, in every aspect, not only in the arts, is a teamwork. It's like uh, I could be the best actress, but if I have the, the, the worst director, I always say this, um, maybe I don't want to offend anybody, but um, like one of my actresses, which I really like, is Amy Adams. She's fantastic. But when you see the movie, Batman versus Superman, which is one of the worst movies ever. You see this great actress. Uh, this is why I say I didn't want to. This is when you see this great actress, Amy Adams. She looks really bad. And all of the actors go look really bad. This is why the director is so important. You can be the best actress, but if you don't have a director who is next to you, there's nothing. Also, like, like uh, for example, Pedro Almodóvar, who is one of the greatest uh, directors in Spain, 
he once said uh, in an interview here in Colombia that for a movie called Volver, who he had two really fantastic, extraordinary actors, which are, are Carmen Maura and Penelope Cruz, he said, like, when I uh, rehearse with Carmen Maura, I rehearse with her two hours, top three hours. When I work with Penelope, I work eight hours. But he doesn't care because what he wants is to get a result from the actress. So when you have this great director who takes his time to work with his actresses, doesn't matter, both are brilliant. It doesn't matter if one needs eight hours, the other one needs two. What matters is that the director takes the time to be with his actress, to work with her through the movie. And that makes a difference. You can be a great actor and have a very bad director, or you can be a very great director and have a weak actor, but if you balance it and if you work through it, the the, the result is always um, fantastic. Yeah, I, I imagine it's... Uh... It's always quite rewarding if you put the work in and get the you know the the awards afterwards, uh, and you I mean like you're talking about your career. I'm looking at your reward your awards list now because you sent me uh, lots of information about you. You've won so many awards of so many great things. Um, you're, you're very talented, Jimena. Um, you sent me. Well, we we got some uh, some photos as well that you sent in. Um, so here, this that's the uh, the best acting female award from 2016 hey. for regression. <laughs> nice um what's this that's what that's the the poster for Reg regression uh, uh and here's you at cans hey, hey look at that fantastic uh and then there's this one entre paredes between walls is called in english we were also in cans um i was making the notes while i was watching because uh you sent some youtube videos and th this is a <laughs> I'm, I wrote these notes uh, knowing Jimena as a family member, so this isn't creepy for me to say. But I, I wrote so regression. I put I watched this and I wanted to know more. And then I wrote, uh, between uh, for the second star to the right, I put boobies. There's boobies in that. Um, and then there was between walls, and I put even more boobies because I that must between be awkward. Walls, it's, it's a really hot uh, short film. It's a, it's about a threesome between yeah. three strangers, which is really cool. You can put the trailer. Do you have it? I don't have the trailer because it's on YouTube. But I don't know if I'll get a uh, strike uh, for playing it. Um, but I, what I can do is I can post the link on our USUC page. So, guys, if you're watching this, have a look. We will uh, we'll tag him in uh, and we'll uh, we'll definitely do it. Are you all right, Tom? Are you having a stroke? Yeah. Sorry. No, I'm not having a stroke, and I'm very, very sorry. I just recently had dental work, and I'm very, very vain. Um, and I think I chipped my tooth again, and I'm gonna I'm debating whether or not I'm gonna tell the wife because she just really had my tooth fixed for me. So I was kind of freaking out for a hot second. <clears throat> Don't mind me. I'm just completely. So I think Tom forgot he was on YouTube for a second there. He's kind of like pulling all his faces in front of the camera. <laughs> What's next for yeah. you, Jimena? Are you working on it? I've got anything coming up that you're going to, you're working on. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm working uh, because of the pandemic. We had to um, stop many things. Um, but right now, uh, I'm working in a movie called um, With Friends Like This for a leading cast. I'm one of them. My character is really funny. 
she doesn't look at all like me. Like she's the chubby, um, happy friend. And we're working through that. We're getting all the money from the um, Fondo de, um, like a cinema uh, support here in Colombia, which is called Fixi Fondo de Desarrollo Internacional Cinematográfico. Um, and <laughs> and uh, we are we. I'm doing this movie. I just uh, finished a soap opera. I'm auditioning for some more. Um, I wanted to do a lot of theater, but uh, theaters are closed. Um, yeah, cool. And right now, I'm just um, waiting. So if everybody over there can pray for me, I really appreciate it. I'm just I'm just uh, waiting for a response to for a scholarship because I won um, um, I won a place in the Central School of Speech and Drama in London for the Masters in Acting for Film. They came to do an audition in Colombia two years ago before the pandemic, and um, they go through Australia, Peru, Colombia, uh, Mexico, the states, and Canada for auditions and uh, there are only 20 places for the for the masters and 15 go for the british and then there is five uh, places left for these six countries and um i did my audition and i was so lucky to got the the place oh, for good. Well, that's awesome but, Not uh, everybody in colombia you got the scholarship fuck yeah, so, no, that's yeah. So I'm where I'm, I'm I I got I got the place for the UK. Now I'm waiting for the scholarship here in Colombia. So if everything goes um, the way I hope and I and I really and I really wanted to, yeah. Well, I'll see you in October. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Ah. Yes. A few drinks for minutes. Hopefully, I get an age then there, and I hopefully stay there forever. Yeah, yeah well, London, well, you're welcome. You're welcome. London. London. Only in London. Only in London. London. Not Shrewsbury. London. Fuck Shrewsbury. Fuck. No, Shrewsbury, oh. I'm going to visit you guys, but, but I'm a city girl. Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to be in Shrewsbury? Not anyone. No, I do. I love it there. I love it. I... I had such an amazing time there. I work in the two bars, um, the two nightclubs, which at that time, uh, it was only open until three, so... At half past two, everybody start uh, stop serving drinks and blah blah blah. I was in the how are they called the butter market and the, the butter market, yeah, yeah, and the I don't remember the other one. Twenty one, no, no fever. Don't don't worry, Alex. I want to be in Shrewsbury, so that's all that matters. <laughs> you yeah, can come and I be in me a, uh, in Shrewsbury anytime you like. Time in Shrewsbury, and I got so much tip. So thank you guys for tipping me back in twenty twenty one. <laughs> You're I'm really excited for your career, hey man. I do feel like there's more to come. I feel like you should keep your keep going, keep your head up because yeah. I feel like when the part when the world opens, um, people are just going to go crazy, and there's going to be movies. Be like Netflix is just going to go into overdrive, I imagine, uh, oh, and yeah. HBO Max. Is, well, uh, Netflix yeah. just opened a a, a, um, a place here in Colombia, which it, it hasn't happened before. So it's going to come a lot of opportunities. Amazon Prime is also here. Apple TV Plus is coming to Colombia to do some series. You know, uh, filming here in Colombia is so much cheaper than filming uh, abroad. So. Many of the producer houses have been coming here to 
to produce very good work. So I'm hopeful that in one of the productions, I'm going to be there and I'm going to nail it. Absolutely. Have you thought of doing any workshops and making a bit of money that way? Um, No, I have a business called Tasty Ice Cubes, which... um, uh, what I do is that I sell mix of uh, fruits and vegetables in cubes so you can make your smoothies at home. So, for example, my favorite flavor is called Berry Licious, which is banana, strawberry, raspberry, cranberry, all mixed with um, Greek yogurt. So you have your little uh, cubes, and when you want to have a healthy breakfast, you just take your cubes out of your, your fridge Put a little bit of milk, and then right. put your cereal on top. I also do okay. like green smoothies, which are the the ones who sell the most. So I'm multitask. You're yes. a rock star. You're yes, rock you star. are. Heck yeah! And I want to now. I want a smoothie, so that's all that matters. Like, Me too. Yeah, I know, right? Smoothies yeah. are delicious. Um. Well, I gotta say, like. Uh, one, we are so appreciative to the fact that you came on. Like, this is just an outstanding lesson for anyone that is an inspiring actor or actress. Thank you this so is, much. It's it's important to hear people that don't have it easy because if if your story was just oh I did this one thing and now I'm ultra famous and whatever <laughs> have you, there, there's no you know like there's no long struggle. tail to your story exactly and i don't think that you can have a life without struggle i mean i honestly feel like that's one of those things that really builds character and that's one of the things that she will be that is the most desirable thing i would say about you is that like no she worked her ass off to get where she is now so we know she's going to put in the effort so i just want to say thank you very much for coming on i really thank appreciate you coming you. thank oh, you no. for having me here it's been amazing. And where can people get in touch with you, Jimena? Uh, if Taylor want to follow you, uh, well, if you offer your follow role, me, you can follow me on Instagram, um, uh, La Jimenita, which is L A X I M E N A, La Jimenita. And you can see all my stories and um, all my achievements, all my friends, all my travels. And um, thank you. Thank you for letting me be here for talking and for truly exposing myself to who I really am and which I don't have a lot of opportunity for that. So this means a lot to me. And um, thank you. No, thank, thank you very you. much. Um, before we go, have you got th- do you have three bits of advice for anybody starting up and wants to become an actress? Apart, say they, they, they've got a bit of ed- education behind their belt and they, they've been too scared to, they want to start up, they're doing it. I'm fucking doing it from day one. Three bits of advice you've got for them. Well, first of all, always follow your dream. Doesn't matter how hard it is or how impossible it could look, always follow your dream. My second advice, which is uh, really important, is if you want to be an actor, you have to prepare yourself. But not, not, not only as a, to study, but like if you really want to do it, you have to get an agent, you have to get your photos, you have to get your real. You have to get all the materials. You have to show yourself that you are professional, that you're mm-hmm. here because you want to be an actor, not because you want fame. So divide the two things. Fame is one thing, and the career for your life is other. Fight for your career. Fight for your dream. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the third, last but not least, is don't let anybody tell you who you are or what you want in your life. Your life, it's only yours. And you are the only one who can save your life. 
So go for it. Go for your dreams. Dream it, dream it until you can't dream no more. And don't take no for an answer, not even from your family, for your friends. The only thing that matters is what's here, your heart and your mind. Mine says acting for life, actress for life. That's all. Well said. Well said. And that speech goes to all all four of our fans in Ireland, where most of my family are. <laughs> 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 oh, was that a bit below the belt? I don't know. Oh, fuck it. Hey, mm. We'll see. <laughs> uh, Tom, uh, would you like to uh, tell people what is available on our USUC network before we get out of it? I would love to tell you all about our website. Um, hey, guys, uh, you should definitely go out and check out usucknetwork.com. That's where you can find all the amazing shows that we provide for you. There is this show, What's the Difference Podcast, with me, Tom Bruno, and Alex Whiteley, my stunning British co-host right across the way. And we bring you amazing guests like the one we have right here. And we uh, learn something. We also have a discussion about you know how things differ between America and UK culture. It's a very, very interesting thing. We have You Suck Chronicles with Jamie Westwood and Tom Stevens in their last episode with Baz Black. Um, he's a man who's done many a different things. Um, I don't know what he's up to exactly the second. What, what was the last thing? Is he an actor right now or is he a musician? He's an actor. He's a Thank tattoo you. artist. He's a musician. Yeah, yeah, he does everything. That's the problem with having somebody that does so many things. You're like, what are they doing right now? Because I don't want to pimp the wrong thing. Um, where they bring on some of the greatest interviews uh, from anywhere across the globe and they uh, do a much similar thing but very different in their own ways. Um, we have Wednesday Night Live which comes to you every Wednesday which you usually have some of the members of USUC together and it's like a chat down at the bar. You get to hear us kind of unwind and let our hair down, have a few drinks or what have you. And we all just kind of chit chat and usually play a game or two so check that out. We also have coming back sooner and later uh, the Weekly Bazaar. I killed um, the slide off this by the way because I was like yeah, we don't do that show anymore, so that can fucking go. But we did a survey. Uh, well, Ori, uh, our our PR rep, did a did a survey, and uh, we figured out that the Weekly Bazaar is one of our most popular shows. We're bringing it back, definitely bringing, bringing it back. It back. Okay, we're bringing it back. Hey, my popular show. Oh, <laughs> what happened? I was yelling. Okay, she's, hello. She's yelled at us. Okay, okay. Okay, she's taking a picture. Um, so you should definitely look forward to seeing that uh, content coming back on. And guess what, guys? All these amazing shows, including our website, are brought to you by the good people over at WebOrchard.com. Now, let me tell you something about WebOrchard.com. They are a website-building uh, 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 business. That's their job, man. Like You give them some money, and they're going to build you an amazing website if you go to usucknetwork.com you can actually play around with a little bit of what they made for us um pete white had a dream back in the day he's like listen i, I don't i had a dream where people are not getting good enough websites being built for them or they are using like a platform like you can build your own website nobody has time for that if if you're like me and alex who have like sixty thousand kids um you don't have the time to build a website so we reached out to the good people at web orchard like hey man please help us we don't understand how to make code and to turn things into things and that's what they did dude so if you want a beautiful functioning website, whether you sell things on Etsy, you have an OnlyFans page, whatever you are trying to do to represent yourself and have an online presence, you need a website. So you should go over to webborchard.com and say, hey, guys, please build me a website. Drop in, drop our name. Be like, hey, you suck, guys. Send me. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Nice. Uh, a couple. <laughs> we've got about we've got about. An hour's worth of like audio of him like bigging up Pete White and stuff. That's quite cool. Uh, two yeah. more things before we go out of here. The 24-hour podcast challenge has been given the complete green light by Lingen Davis. We are going to be putting together a live 24-hour podcast to raise money for the Shrewsbury local charity, Lingen Davis. The idea being 
between all with all the resources we've collected over the last few years around the world internationally and in Shrewsbury locally we can try and raise money and put it all into one spot um, this is going to happen from 9am on the 29th of September right through to 9am on the 30th of September which is International Podcast Day now the guys hey! from International Podcast Day in LA have heard about what I'm doing they're very excited they want to come on our show uh, they're very excited uh, about what we're doing we are after donations that we can auction away uh, so we're going to do two live auctions one during the biscuit side of things where we're going to lo- uh, auction away local sort of uh, tickets for events uh, things you can have uh, nice things uh, so we can raise some money and then on the other side the USUC side of the auction we want things that, that can be acquired internationally things that can be sent in the post uh, things that can be acquired by our code online we'll have these kind of things so if you know someone that would like to donate and um, we can sell it off in the auction and make some money for this great cancer charity. Please send them in. Um, our All the uh, the websites there are usucknetwork.com, like Tom's just said, the shrewsburybiscuitpodcast.co.uk and lingandavis.co.uk. This is massive. This is going to be huge. So please uh, keep your ear to the ground with what's going on there. Um, and then finally, uh, I'm on the radio, guys. I do a radio show called Naughty Talk with Alex Whiteley, where we play nothing but naughty's music. Uh, and um, it's uh, it's done really, really well. Like we've got lots of lots of really appreciative listeners, listeners that enjoy that show. And it, it's gone from a two-hour show now to a three-hour show. I was like, can we switch it up to a three-hour show? They're like, hell yeah! So, yeah. <laughs> Please, more hours. So uh, from hours. this uh, this Thursday, it'll be from seven p.m. BST to seven p.m. Uh, ten p.m. BST. Yeah, seven till ten. PSD. Yeah, times. Run out of gas, run out of gas. Jimena, you've been an amazing guest. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you so much, guys, for having me here. So I hope that when I see you again, we have uh, better news and more things and more dreams to fulfill. And come well, when one of us make it, we can't forget the other. Okay, so. Yeah. 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 If you make it, you, you will drag me. If I make it, I'll drag you. This is a teamwork. Yeah. yeah. I've been dragged. I mean, these things yeah. sound I know, awful. I, I, I know this guy. He's, uh, he's not much to look at, but he's got a great voice, you know. And you have to, he's a very good, nice guy to yes. see too, Alex. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Alex, Come on, the, the, uh, <laughs> I like that. Right, guys, make sure you catch him and stay, stay behind once we've ended this. We'll, we'll say goodbye properly. But, uh, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Peace out. And I would like very much to ask you, if you don't mind, to watch um, the USAC Network with Tom Bruno and Alex. <laughs> oh, that's all. I have to go flush myself now.